This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth Admission, another controversy has engulfed the San Francisco School Board. The same board that is regrouping after a recall election early this year removed three members. The new issue involves Anne Shu. She joined the board after the recall as a replacement. Mayor London Breed appointed her, and she's running to stay on the board in the November election. Here's Shu in February of this year talking about the changing admission policy at Lowell High School from merit-based to lottery and criticizing former board member Allison Collins for controversial tweets aimed at Asian Americans. That was squarely aimed at too many Asians at Lowell. That's exactly what the sentiment is, and they might as well have said it outright, which they <laughs> essentially did. And Allison Collins herself, her tweets were extremely offensive. Before Collins was elected to the board, she had tweeted that Asian Americans had used, quote, white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. But in a recent candidate questionnaire, Shu made a racist statement. She said one of the biggest challenges for marginalized students, quote, especially in the black and brown community, end quote, was their unstable family environments and lack of family support and parental encouragement. The backlash to Shu's comments was swift, with parents and community members saying her comments were harmful and racist and repeated false ideas that black and brown parents are not as involved in their kids' educations as white and Asian families. It's only the latest controversy for the city's beleaguered school board, despite recent efforts to bring calm to the district after three years of lawsuits, divisive policies, and a contentious recall. Today, to talk about all of this, we're joined by Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker, who covered the recall as well as shoe statements and the reaction to them. Jill, thanks for joining me on Fifth Admission. Sure, happy to be here. Jill, first give us some context. Who is Ann Shu? We know she was appointed to the school board after the recall. What do we know about her and her role in the recall effort to begin with? So school board member Shu was heavily involved in the recall, actually. She was very instrumental in uh, going into the Chinese American community and registering voters and getting families to vote. And, you know, ultimately, it was a landslide recall of the three board members. And uh, and and a lot of people acknowledged uh, Commissioner Xu's role for getting out the vote. And she does want to stay on the board, correct? Yes, she does. She is campaigning uh, already. She has signed up to be a candidate for the November election. And she is campaigning with the two other people uh, on the board that were appointed by Mayor Breed to fill the spots uh, left open from the recall. All right. Earlier this week, Jill, you reported on Anne Shu making racist comments about black and brown students and their families. They were comments made on a candidate questionnaire ahead of the election. Tell us more about it. So candidates, when they're running for office, uh, they often answer a lot of questionnaires from community groups. So this uh, questionnaire came from the SF Parent Action Group, and it's a group of parents that is working to elect board members and to have the board pass policies that focus on the needs of students. In this questionnaire, they asked board members about, you know, how they would approach 
increasing the outcomes for uh, students that are disadvantaged, as well as providing opportunities for students who are high achieving. And in that answer is where Commissioner Shu got in trouble. She basically, as you said, she implied that the, the biggest issue in educating black and brown students was in, in part a lack of support and encouragement from their parents. And as you said, this reinforces the racist stereotype and the backlash and criticism was almost immediate. And it comes in a school district, I mean, not unlike perhaps many others, but comes in a school district that has really grappled with these issues. These are these issues are much more systemic when we see these achievement gaps, right? I mean, this is not an issue of parents who aren't interested in their students or getting involved in their educations. No, I mean, you know, for for decades, people have been grappling with a very stubborn achievement gap with predominantly black and brown students, low income students and English learners and special education students performing at, at levels far below their peers, typically white, wealthy, English speaking and Asian American peers. But a lot of that goes to poverty. It goes to community violence. It goes to so many issues that um, are inside and outside of schools, resources, quality of teachers. There's so many things that play into those numbers. And it goes it goes to racism, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Systemic racism. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of issues, you know, going back to housing policies and, and, and other types of things that are still trickling down into our schools that have an impact on the ability of students to learn. I mean, for example, if you are hungry, you're not going to do well. If you have a toothache, you're not going to do well. Um, you know, so all of these things like access to medical care, access to vegetables, access to good food, all of those things have an impact on education according to massive amounts of research. But there is entrenched in society many of these racist stereotypes about why African American or Latino or other students typically fall at the lower end of the achievement gap. And, you know, the racist stereotype that was perpetuated in Commissioner Shu's initial answer on the questionnaire just reinforced that, which she acknowledged. So what did Shu say in response to all of the outrage? Yeah, so she apologized and she acknowledged that her comments were inherently biased and that she said, you know, she was trying to understand and address a serious problem and look at solutions and understood things like generational poverty, food insecurity, housing insecurity, a lot of these types of things, and systemic racism that are all part of that make it hard for children to learn. And she said that this is a learning moment for her. This is a growth moment for her. And she needs to step back and listen to the community and have a better understanding of what these students need and why the achievement gap is in place. But Jill, that acknowledgement, that apology has not been enough for, for a good number of people. No. So the president of the board of supervisors, Shimon Walton, you know, basically said, yeah, I thank her for her apology, but we don't have time for school board members to be learning at this point on things like this, that she's already making decisions for 50,000 kids, many of whom are students of color. And, you know, there isn't time for a learning curve. So he called for her resignation, as have some others, including the San Francisco Latinx Democratic Club and some other folks. Others are accepting her apology, including London Breed, and seem to be in something of a wait-and-see mode in terms of 
her commitment to enter a restorative process and, and learn from this issue. All right, Jill, I want to ask you a little bit more about how this fits in with the Lowell decision and the Allison Collins controversy. But first, let's take a break on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle education reporter Jill Tucker. We're talking about racist comments that were made by a new school board member in the city, and Shu, she has apologized Jill, I mean, one reason why this is garnering so much attention is that in San Francisco, there have been a lot of discussions that have touched on race and race figured into perhaps the hottest issue in the board, which is whether to have merit-based or lottery admissions at Lowell High. The district and the city have sort of been embroiled in conversations about race, um, about racism, about how that is reflected in district schools, and specifically in Lowell, where there have been accusations of racism against black and brown students, about the disproportionate number of Asian and white students compared to African American students and, and Latino students at the school. And many incidents that have come out about students suffering racist actions and abuse at the school. And certainly this debate has rolled into whether to restore merit-based admissions at Lowell, which has long been one of the highest performing public schools in the country, or to keep the lottery, which the school board voted on during the pandemic when they didn't have grades or test scores to use for merit-based. You know, and really this has has created, if you've listened to the school board meetings and listened to parents and listened to the accusations, it's really been ugly and, and along racial lines, along, you know, talking about race, talking about racism. And Anne Shu has been at the forefront, uh, a very vocal uh, supporter of the merit-based system, even before she became a school board member. And the three new school board members, along with President Jenny Lamb, voted to restore merit-based admissions at the school. And right now, that is the decision that'll be how students are admitted this next uh, year. But really, there was a lot of concern, a lot of divide between the Asian American community, Chinese American community, and the Black and Latino community in terms of access to the school, what what a merit-based system means, whether a merit-based system is inherently racist or discriminatory. And when you heard the passion of, of parents talking about the need for this type of school for kids who want to achieve versus having a school that is based on perhaps privilege or access to tutors or other types of things that many students might not have access to. So that really, this issue has has really been gripping the school district for quite some time. And, you know, it goes back to the George Washington mural, which was controversial for images of slaves and uh, dead American Indian, as well as the renaming issue and controversy where the board voted to rename 40 schools, including Lincoln and Washington and, and many others. And so race questions and social justice and other issues have really gripped the district. And, and we're still embroiled in that. And we're still seeing it in this most recent controversy. And perhaps you would expect to see that in a school that has a large achievement gap, right? 
Yeah, many of the schools have large achievement gaps. San Francisco has always had something of a larger achievement gap, especially between black students and white and Asian students. There are a lot of reasons for that. Different demographics in San Francisco, different rates of poverty or or levels of segregation, all these types of issues that are reflected in that achievement gap. But certainly at Lowell, when you look at the numbers um, in the past of black students and, and Latino students that have been admitted to Lowell under the merit system, there have been a lot of questions about equitable access to that type of school. All right, Jill, let's go back to Allison Collins. We've now had these two cases where there's been controversy over comments. In one case, a, a tweet or a series of tweets, and the other, a questionnaire. I mean, what, how have the responses to these two incidents compared? Right. So just a little background. Former board member Allison Collins tweeted in 2016, as you as you mentioned, comments that were disparaging using racial slurs against Asian Americans. She was very much uh, criticized for those comments by her school board peers, by many public officials calling for her resignation, including Mayor Breed and, and many board of supervisors. And she was then chastised by the school board, removed from the vice presidency and committees, which led to her suing the district for $87 million. It was It was very much a massive controversy. I think, you know, one of the things that people are pointing out between the Anne Shue controversy and the Allison Collins is, number one, Allison Collins never apologized. She stood her ground and backed her comments and kept them up. She did not remove them. Whereas Anne Shu immediately apologized. She also basically amended her answers to the questionnaire and submitted those. And so there's just a different reaction to the comments that were made. And in the case of Allison Collins, she was then recalled, as we know, in, in a landslide vote. And I think to this day, Allison Collins stands by, to some degree, those comments saying they were a commentary on racism rather than a racist remark. And people are still, to some degree, split on that. Yes, definitely. You know, people were split from the beginning on Allison's comments, and they continue to be split. Although there really was a a strong outpouring of condemnation from politicians, from the school board members, from community groups across the spectrum. In the case of Anne Shu, folks are also divided. Uh, Many people do not believe that her comments were racist. Uh, Based on my email, a lot of people are saying they believe that that's the quote-unquote truth, uh, showing, you know, just how deeply ingrained some of these racist stereotypes really are in the community. But there are also a lot of people out there that believe the comments from Commissioner Shu were hurtful and offensive and racist, but they see a difference in her in her apology. And that makes a difference for them. And they plan to continue supporting her and voting for her in November. Another difference, Jill, I think we should acknowledge is that we are pretty early on in this. We don't quite know where it's going to go yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just a couple days after, we're we're still seeing additional people calling for her resignation. People are still trying to grapple with what this means, what the political fallout is. Obviously, she was appointed by London Breed. And so there are some questions about you know, whether Breed vetted the candidates well enough or, you know, whether Breed will continue to support her. So far, she is. She is not calling for her resignation. She has not stated that she is, you know, removing her an endorsement of her or support of 
of her. But, you know, there are board members like Hillary Ronan that are saying that even though she supported her in the past, she will not be voting for her in November or endorsing her. So there's a lot still playing out, still going on that we'll continue to watch in the days ahead. So far, Anshu has not responded to requests for comment about resigning or about any of those things. There's been no word that she's going to resign as far as we know. She's still running in November and we'll see what happens. Jill Tucker, thank you so much for joining me. Sure, anytime. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And thank you for listening.